It's not unusual to find plenty of wine caves and wine cellars in wine country. What is unusual is discovering a sophisticated broadcast facility inside these well-protected and often top-secret chambers. But maybe it really isn't that surprising that America's number one wine broadcast originates from the soul of wine country. And it is our great privilege to do all we can to inspire you. If you drink wine simply because, well, it's a drink, we've got our work cut out. For literally thousands of years, wine has fueled celebrations, ended conflicts, and provided the ultimate connection between one human being and another. It makes food taste better, lifts spirits, sparks our imagination, and beckons us to slow down and love life. If that all sounds good to you, you're in the right place. So sit back, clear your head, put any worries you have on hold, and join us as we go in search of this week's Grape Encounter. But be warned, we speak a much different language than what you typically experience in most wine-centric environments. But you didn't come here because you're ordinary, did you? Good, because your host, David Wilson, is here to take you far, far away from the beaten path. Here's David. Oh my gosh, I am absolutely, completely, and totally wrung out. We've, you know, been campaigning, not me, but the campaigns have been going on for, oh my gosh, about four years, I guess. And uh, that is now uh, kind of beyond us. And it's uh, been a tiring week. And so I turned to my dear friend and amazing announcer, Brent Keast, who I have uh, drug into the studio because sometimes, Brent, you just need to lean on somebody. But I'm sure that you're wrung out too. Of course. Oh, wouldn't that be a great t-shirt? I'm going to lean on you, but I think you're probably wrung out too. And it kind of rhymes. It's a little bit of alliteration. Yes. Uh, that is the case. So it's interesting. I was reading in the trades that sparkling wine is really continuing to stay incredibly strong. And um, I was reading uh, this in Wine Business Monthly. And you've got a pretty good wine collection. I do. What, what do you think people drank on election night? Because I think they might have started out with – you know, a nice bottle of wine, but it may have – well, it didn't end. I was going to say election night didn't end, but I'm guessing that some tequila, some whiskey, some non-grape spirits probably crept their way into people's living rooms. What do you think? Uh, you know, I had some Malbec. You did? Yeah. Okay. And it was uh, it was delightful. And as far as sparkling wine goes, I think lately – that the product, the sparkling wine product, has improved so much that people now have a better choice of sparklers that uh, they haven't had in the past. You've had, you know, your basic ones, which I won't mention their names, but uh, well, no, but you know, even those basic ones are pretty good. I mean, they've really remained consistent over all these years, and I love, by the way, the term sparkling. Mm-hmm. I think as a descriptor. It's the best descriptor in the entire wine kingdom. Isn't it relatively illegal to call a sparkling wine a champagne? Yeah, so here's here's the deal. I don't know how many years ago it was, but I'm, I'm going to guess maybe it was 30 years ago that uh, champagne said, you know what, you Americans and Australians and whatever need to cut it out. Champagne is referring to a region. 
And unless you are champagne, you may not put that on your bottle. I think that's only fair. I think it's fair, too. Yeah. And by the way, it's a very important thing that people need to know, especially about French wines, that French wines are labeled and named for a place. There's Bordeaux wines. There's Rhone wines. And, you know, and it can be a white Bordeaux. What is that? It's a Sauvignon, Sauvignon Blanc, Blanc. Right? Yeah. And, and so it's kind of cool because the the wines memorialize the place from where they came. And so there were a number of wine producers in America that were using the term champagne. Yeah. One of those was barefoot. Okay? Oh, yes. I remember that. So yeah. the French were not completely unreasonable in this. They allowed American winemakers and I presume winemakers around the world that were already using the champagne moniker. They allowed them to continue to use that. So you can only imagine how valuable – Sure. It, but, you know, it became a generic, though. It was like Xerox. If you made a photocopy of something, if you, if you used the word Xerox, yeah. uh, it was allowed. Yeah. And in a way, they did allow champagne to become a generic name. Yeah, but I think that they have uh, really brought it all in, reeled it all in in champagne now. And they've been working very hard, I believe, to really protect their identity. I think and, so, and too. To, to market the region, and there's just so much stuff going on there. And I think more power to them for that. And by yeah. the way, I really want to tell people that if you're going to do a French wine excursion, that champagne has got to be on your list. And there's just so much cool stuff that goes on there. And uh, another thing about the French that I, I want to mention is that they're not unfriendly to Americans. No. They love us. That's right. We buy their wine. Yeah, don't so <laughs> you know, don't be obnoxious and you will be treated really really well. But uh you know, d you know different regions like Bordeaux. Uh, I spent uh, what 10 days there uh, a couple of years ago and it's just uh, amazing how these regions have their own distinct and unique identity. And uh, and it's it's really fun uh, to to roam around there. You just need to know that you're drinking, you know, Cabernet Sauvignon, Malbec, Petit Verdot, Sauvignon Blanc, Merlot. Uh, did I say Cap Franc? No, you didn't. Which is your favorite wine? Well, you know uh, about that favorite thing. Yeah. Okay. It's the wine that I've been drinking the most of lately. And when I say lately, really the last year and a half. But I really don't like it when people ask me what's your favorite wine especially if they want me to boil it down to one you know specific you know brand i just don't i don't like that because i change my mind with the weather and it's natural to do that well there's some great merlots that uh rival some of the mediocre uh, cab franc Oh, yeah, absolutely. And so you really can't say, well, your, what's your favorite varietal? You'd have to say, what's your favorite wine? Okay, what's your favorite wine? Yeah. Well, well does that include then? Well, that would be the the, uh, the vineyard and the producer. and Okay, so it's a name. Yeah. It's a name. Yeah, it would you know, be the name, right? It would be like Camus Cabernet Sauvignon. Exactly that. Which isn't a bad wine, by right. the way, <laughs> now that we're, we're talking about it. But, but it, you know, working at a winery, we would, were very, very cautious – 
when we produced a Bordeaux-style wine, we'd always introduce it as a Bordeaux-style. We'd never call it a Bordeaux. Well, you can't. Yeah. And you bring up a really interesting point. It's nice, by the way, to just sit here and, and do some sidebars. But because some of these topics are just really super interesting. But um, going back to Bordeaux-style wine, you can't in America, just like the champagne thing, you can't call your wine a Bordeaux. So let's say you have a blend of Cabernet Sauvignon and um, it's got some Malbec in it. It's got some Merlot in it, okay, which could be a, a Bordeaux blend. Which would qualify as that. You yeah. can say Bordeaux-style, I believe. Yes, but what happened is uh, some years ago, uh, Americans said, we need some kind of identity for this whole class of wines, this family of wines from Bordeaux, because those wines grow really super well, especially in California. So they had this contest, and it was to come up with a name to replace Bordeaux. Oh, really? Do you not know? I do. I don't I, remember that. I'm, okay, so I'm glad of I. Of course, can... you go back a long, a lot longer than me. Well, get out of here, <laughs> man. dude! I, I do not. Okay, so anyway, yes, there is a term for those wines. It's a, a widely used, widely accepted term. It, it was the result of a contest, if you can imagine that. But uh, you will see it all the time on bottles. And I'm going to, in just a second, when we come back, I will tell you what it is so that you can be on the lookout for wines of this kind. I'm on pins and needles. All right. Brent Keast is with me. He is our announcer, of course. And usually you just hear him at the front and the back of every segment that we do. But I dragged him into the inner sanctum here because I'm I'm worn out. <laughs> That's it. I'm not talking politics. I'm just worn out. That's it. Uh, Brent, we are going to be back in just a second, and I'll explain to people what's in a name. All right? When we return with Grape Encounters Radio. Many wine enthusiasts describe wine as a kind of time machine that can transport you to the place and time it was created without leaving home. Whether you're sipping a Sangiovese from Italy or a German Riesling, tasting is traveling. That being said, Total Wine & More is like the world's biggest airport. With more than 8,000 wines from every corner of the world in their stores, you can be incredibly adventurous and savor every journey. Plus, you can do all of your shopping online at TotalWine.com and pick up your order at your local store or curbside for the ultimate in safe shopping. There's always more in store at Total Wine and More. In Greek mythology, we learn the mysterious connection between walnuts and wine. When Dionysus, the god of wine, fell in love with Princess Caria of Laconia, her sisters tried to prevent the romance, so Dionysus turned them into rocks. He also turned his beloved Caria into a walnut tree. She was, after all, a hard nut to crack. At mmorganics.com in Paso Robles, California, Walnuts and Wine is the ultimate love story. You'll flip over their 100% organic port-style dessert wines and organic heirloom walnut products, including sprouted snacking walnuts in five awesome flavors, irresistible raw organic walnut butter, free-trade chocolate-covered walnuts, and for bakers, MM Organics produces 100% gluten-free walnut flour, estate walnut oil, and of course, their crazy delicious raw walnuts. Get all their products online at mmorganics.com. That's mmorganics.com. 
Summer is here, invigorating our state of mind and sparking desires for things that complement our playful mood. Yep, our barbecues are already working overtime, cranking out slabs of baby backs that pair perfectly with light, crisp summer sippers. And if you need a little inspiration, check out the summer wine list that no one can resist. It's Total Wine & More's Top 12 Summer Wines, featuring a truly eclectic cross-section of wines, all under $20 and many under $10. Plus, Total Wine & More is offering summer wine bundles that save you up to $24 on a variety pack of wine. And now that we've all gotten into curbside buying, you can order online at TotalWine.com and pick up your order in the store or just outside for a contactless experience. The best lineup of super low-priced summer wines is just a click away at TotalWine.com. Grape Encounters Radio, and I'm so glad to have some meaningful support here because the the year has absolutely worn me out, uh, and certainly election night and next day and all of this has really just beat me to a pulp. And uh, I'm not going to talk politics, but I am going to reintroduce my buddy Brent Keist, and he is been i don't know how long you've been our announcer now but it's been quite a while i think it's maybe about three years yeah about yeah about, like about, about three years yeah and there's a lot more to brent than his good looks and beautiful voice he also is a he's an amazing winemaker and he took a gold for his in in the last competition at the mid-state fair which is a pretty big deal not bad for a city slicker yeah, and then um, you are also an actor, a writer, a rancher. Uh, you are a Renaissance man par excellence. Well, thank you. I really, uh, I'm honored and humbled by that. You know what's amazing is you've got this just soft, beautiful voice, but you're a rugged guy. A rugged guy, that's right. Yeah. Arg. Okay. <laughs> hey, um Tell me about this jelly so, that you've been doing. Yeah, I have I have a little Zinfandel uh, vineyard. And uh, because of various reasons, uh, and usually I'll blame it on deer, um, it did not produce what I really needed to, in order to do even a half a barrel of wine. So I, um, I harvested what I had. Okay. And I, I had about uh, five gallons of juice. But what I did is I... I Kept the five uh, gallons. Yeah, that's, like, that's nothing. That's nothing. That's right. But it's enough to make some jam. Jelly. But, uh, but how much do you have planted? You know. What, what, well, I have what are we fifty. About? I have fifty plants. Okay, so it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. Okay. But only eleven of them were alive today, this year. Oh boy. So yeah. So getting five gallons from eleven plants is pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. So tell me yeah. about. So anyway, what, what you I did, did is I, I crushed them. With a two-by-four uh, <laughs> wrapped in saran wrap. That sounds brutal. Yeah. Okay. And then I let them sit on the uh, skins for two days. And in two days, it picked up all the color. Because if you if you ever crushed Zin, it's kind of a pinkish, you know, like a white Zin. It's pink right. colored. Yeah, exactly. So I left it on the skins for a couple days, picked up all kinds of extra color, all kinds of extra flavor. And then my wife, who is a gourmet chef. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. She uh, found some uh, really nice uh, recipes, and we put together a Zinfandel jelly. 
and I've had it, and it's just amazing. It really is. I I have a, a story about that as well, but I, I want to savor this vision of this rugged guy with a two-by-four wrapped in <laughs> saran wrap or whatever and beating five <laughs> gallons of grapes to a pulp. That's right. I just hear you out there on the porch going, I'll – Get you, you little buggers. <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> so you can actually make jam out of wine. Oh, really? Yes. And there was a guy, and I think he went by the name Cowboy Ike. And I don't know if he's still doing this, but he is just a personal winemaker. And it was getting to the point where he was making so much wine, he couldn't drink it fast enough. And he had a really big ranch, and he had this one parcel that was for him. And so one day when his wife was off shopping, he started pouring wine into a cauldron and eventually it became jelly. And he made Cabernet Sauvignon and, you know, I guess a bunch of different varietals, but it was delicious. Look up wine jelly if you want to make, you know, that. Yeah, you need you need pectin and you need a lot of sugar too. Yeah. Even though the grapes are very, very sweet and you need to get the skins out. You have to really well, do I'm a Well, I'm just press. talking about using, you know, most people don't have grapes like that. Oh, okay? I see. Just using the wine itself. Yeah, yeah, although you could go to the supermarket and just get table grapes. Those are fun to play with. You, yeah. You get a kind of a weird wine. Let's go back to that term we were talking earlier about uh, Bordeaux naming their wines for the place, and that's why we can't call a wine a Bordeaux wine. We could call it Bordeaux style, I suppose, but we came up with our own name, we Americans, through a contest. And do you know the name? No. I, I, I mean, on. this is total news to me. No, come on. You're, really? You're faking it. No, no, no. This is total news to me. It's The term is meritage. Oh, okay. All right. Meritage. Yes. And, and you know – A lot of people think it's meritage, but it's not. I'm glad you pointed that out yes. because that just irritates the snot out of the people who came up with the name. But it was done through a contest. And it's widely used. And what it means is that it is any combination of Cabernet Franc, Cabernet Sauvignon, uh, Malbec, Merlot, Petit Verdot, Sauvignon Blanc, and, uh, you know, some other little minor varietals that don't come to mind right now. So the name is Meritage. Okay, I did know that, but I didn't associate that with a contest. Yeah, so hmm. so it's an, it's a really important term because it's going to be the American equivalent of red blends that are all Bordeaux based. Yes, all Bordeaux based, style based. So yes. look for for meritage. Okay, and actually, it's kind of a cool word because it I think implies mixing something together and yeah. marrying them. I think yeah, it's that like was a marriage. Idea. Sure. Yeah, but yeah. it's a nonsensical word. And um, an important one. So we got a couple of things to, uh, we're going to get into here now. Uh, and I wanted to just jump to Thanksgiving. Ah. Uh-huh. Because we're just a, a few weeks out. And, the, you know, the first and really biggest question is, will there be a Thanksgiving? Well, I, in California, you can have six people. So what do you do? You say, uh, okay, Aunt Mary, you can come, but 
Uncle Joe will have to stay outside. Yeah. Yeah, let him just sit in the car. We'll bring him, uh, you know, some turkey and some leftovers. And yeah. Stuff like that. Or, yeah. you, or what you could do is just line up a bunch of cars. Yeah. You know, just like the vote in your car thing that happened in the Houston area. Yeah. Uh, turkey in your car. And no singing. I well, think it's one of the things no, you can't sing. No, you can sing if you're in your car. Oh, that's true. Yeah. But, well, but so you can you have get on your cell phone and look at the car next to you. So, so how much fun would that be to just have relatives lined up outside <laughs> and you and you do a let's say a drawing, mm-hmm. okay, where you pick six and let them come into the to yeah, the warm just, you know, by the fireplace. You know, sure. cousin Larry, Aunt Myrtle, yeah. you know, dad. Yeah. Sorry, you can't come in. <laughs> yeah. And if you do come in, you can't sing. In a way, you kind of have a responsibility, though, to, to care for your, your well, well, relatives. I, well, I hope people will. I mean, yeah. believe me, this is something that I advocate for. Seriously, I'd be willing to go into isolation for five months. This is just me, so please don't write me on this one. I would make the sacrifice, but then I don't have any children. I don't have a wife. And you've been in isolation I for am, five months. Yeah, I'm like a caveman yeah. anymore who used to be on the road almost all the time. Yeah. But, you know, now I'm starting to sneak some interviews in like, face-to-face. You're here face-to-face, although... Yeah. Um, you, We're 12 feet apart. We are 12 feet apart. But it's, uh, it is going to be um, a strange holiday, and I want to talk to you about holiday wines. We're going to see what happens with Thanksgiving, but regardless, you and the other five people sitting at your table uh, have an opportunity to you know, drink some wines that are really super awesome. So let's talk about that. When and we, we always return. do that. We always do that. I know you okay. do. Okay. Right. I'm sitting here with Brent Keast, our announcer, my favorite winemaker, my favorite actor, One of my favorite people will be back with more Grape Encounters right after this. Did you know that there's a lot more going on in the world of Grape Encounters than what you hear each week on the radio show? If your answer is no, it means that you're not as plugged into our wild, wacky, and wonderful world of wine. But we can fix that right now. I really want to share a lot more with you than what we're able to do during the weekly show. Like wine recommendations, interesting ways you can play with your wine, information about upcoming wine happenings, and even recipes I've developed just for you. There are two things you can do to get plugged in. First, join the Grape Encounters Radio group page on Facebook. Make sure it's the group page. Or you can sign up for our mailing list at GrapeEncounters.com. In coming weeks, I'll be doing giveaways, offering free online parties exclusively for you, and a lot more. Please, don't miss out. Connect with me on Facebook or at GrapeEncounters.com. Words can be very confusing. When you're crazy, people say that you're nuts. But what if you're crazy about nuts? Well, that doesn't mean that you should be sent to the funny farm. It means that you should be sent to the farm of MM Organics, the producers of organic heirloom walnuts and walnut products that are so incomparably unique and delicious, other nuts will be reduced to wallflowers. Whoops, there we go with those crazy meanings of words again. After all, if being a wallflower means disappearing into the background, then why does being a walnut from MM Organics mean standing out from the rest? Confused? Well, you won't be 
when you discover the glorious deliciousness of walnut halves, baking pieces, fair trade chocolate covered walnuts, and other scrumptious walnut products from MM Organics. Learn more and order yours at mmorganics.com, where you'll also find our utterly irresistible two horse Portuguese dessert wine that everyone goes nuts for. Get crazy at mmorganics.com. We're back with more Grape Encounters. Hey, please do us an enormous favor and like us on Facebook. It's the very best way to learn about other opportunities that we may not share on the broadcast. Also, join our mailing list on GrapeEncounters.com. Listeners on our contact list receive some exclusive opportunities. Become an insider. Enough said. Here's your wine captain, David Wilson. So I am all worked up about Thanksgiving because it's my absolute favorite holiday. It is the consummate food holiday and a great opportunity to have fun with wine. But unfortunately, a lot of people, they'll just grab wine at the last minute and throw it on the table. But that would never happen, I think, at the Keist table. No. Because you guys have quite a nice selection of wine that you've put away. Yeah, we have a walk-in closet. I know, and I've I've tried to give you wine, and you're like, no, I don't need any more. You know, that's weird. It's delivering coals to Newcastle is what it is. All right, so what's up for you for Thanksgiving? So, uh, well, actually, I was going to bring this up. We have um, about three confirmed spaces at the table, which leaves us a few more. Because if we're going to – the Golden Six – you know, my wife being a gourmet chef and having a huge uh, wine closet, uh, we would like to invite you for Thanksgiving dinner. No way. Yes. Oh, my gosh. But you can't sing. Why? Because that's against the law, apparently. You know, it's really strange, strange anyway. I don't know of any Thanksgiving songs. You know? I do. I do know one. It's terrific. It's called Grateful. And uh, it's written by a guy named John Bucchino. And it's out of a – yeah, he's he's terrific. Yeah, it's a great song. Well, it's just amazing that there's – you know, for Valentine's Day, there's a, a mountain of love songs. For Christmas, there's no um, lack of songs there. But there, there, for some reason, we don't think music, I guess, for Thanksgiving. So that's no. okay. But let's think wine for a second. You because, bet. Uh, wine is a perplexing thing for Thanksgiving. And, you know, we're only a few weeks out. Now's a good time to start doing your shopping. And especially if you're interested in getting some wines from boutique wineries, mm-hmm. you'll just want to go explore online. Well, let me ask you, what kind of uh, wine is good with turkey, which seems to be pretty well, see, traditional? See, okay, so Thanksgiving is really complicated where wine is concerned. Here's why. Because it is probably the most mismatched assortment of foods that you could possibly have. I mean, think about it. You know, you've got uh, you got the turkey, of course. You've got the stuffing, and many times the stuffing is is much more vibrant in terms of taste than the turkey. So, do you pair with the turkey or the stuffing? Answer, Interesting. Interesting. Answer. My answer is the stuffing drives the wine. That's it. Mm. You, you know, that's where we start. If there's a centerpiece uh, on the table in terms of food, uh, for me, it's the stuffing. But I've heard of people who don't like stuffing. You know, yeah. It's like my older brother, he's like a super health-conscious guy, and he won't even go off the wagon for even Thanksgiving. Hmm. So in, the, in his turkey, it's got to be like brown rice. 
Come oh. on. No, yeah. come on. I know. Okay, so let's go back to the flavors on the table. You've got the stuffing. Uh-huh. And you've got those cranberries, by the way. Right. Which those are just you know, stunning and amazing. Now, don't those overpower the wine? Well, not necessarily. Okay. Okay. And, you know, one of the things that I try to tell people is that if you want to mellow down something that's super sweet, then you fight fire with fire. Mm -hmm. You know, drink something sweet while you're eating something sweet, and both will become less sweet. Yes. Here comes a good one. Mashed potatoes and gravy. Yeah. Okay. And and again, it's interesting like the stuffing, the gravy is what drives the meal. Sure. I mean, that part of the meal. But anyway, let's talk about wines for a second. Um, let's see. We forgot one thing, which is Aunt Pat's broccoli casserole. Yeah. Or string beans with bacon. Yeah. The old string bean thing. Yeah. Okay. And then whatever assortment of other stuff, there's that Waldorf salad, you know, that's Oh, apple. yes. I don't like that. Yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. like that. And then here's the one that should be uh, forbidden, <laughs> the baked yams. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. like those. Yeah. I don't like – do you like those? Uh, not really. They're just so doughy and – All right. So let's talk about the wine for a second and we'll talk about this in some of the episodes that are coming up. But for the purposes of generalizing uh, what you should have at the Thanksgiving table, I think there are a few essentials and I'm going to throw them at you. But I, Brent, am going to ask you to throw a wine at me. Okay. No, put that bottle yeah, down. There you go. Okay. <laughs> Get it off that white wall. Okay. What's going to be your first go-to well, wine? I would think a Grenache would be a nice wine. Oh, though. my gosh. Grenache. Yeah. That is such a great choice. And then also, I think well, yeah. I think Zinfandel is terrific. Okay. Okay. You hit it just right on the nose. And this is your go-to wine. Yes. You make a lot of this stuff, and, or at least you used to until you came down to <laughs> five gallons. That's, That's p- right. pathetic and pitiful, <laughs> just pitiful. But anyway, Zinfandel is like a, a stunning choice for Thanksgiving. And, and I think it's a must-have wine on the Thanksgiving table. And it's just like even though it was not born in America – it was actually born in Croatia, yes. then went to Italy, and then came here. But we called it Zinfandel here because it was such a, a happy name. Mm-hmm. And, and Primitivo and, sounded a little strange. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and when Primitivo tried to get through customs at Ellis Island, and they sent him back. No kidding. Oh, yeah. So um, Primitivo got together with friends, and they said, let's come up with a name that they're going to like. It was Zinfandel. Yeah. And the, the word fun embedded in there, zin, sin, fun. fun. Okay, it was like sin and fun, but, you know, good <laughs> good sin, okay? And here are these clusters of grapes that are trying, you know, make their way into America. And the customs agent says, what is your name? And the grape says, uh, Zinfandel, sir. <laughs> I mean, uh, Zinfandel, sir. <laughs> Oh, all right. Well, okay. You're, go you know ahead. What? You know what? You're our type. Go, yeah. go right on in, okay? There's the story, huh? And that's exactly how it happened, okay? <laughs> but no, Zinfandel is nice because – and by the way, I would say in this particular case, I would want that Zin to, to be very fruit forward. I have often talked against jammy Zins. Yes. You know, because sometimes they, they get too jammy. But the whole Zinfandel world has now sort of pulled itself into a position 
that is mostly about elegant zins that、mm-hmm. are not overpowering. With, Classic with, zins, exactly. You、yeah. know, a beautiful wine. Yeah, we're as good as you, Cabernet Sauvignon. Well, and it's got a yeah. wonderful spiciness to it and、uh, floral quality. It's a yeah. great wine. Yeah, what I was、uh, about to say is, don't be afraid of one that is fruit forward. You know, a bit of jamminess, but that's largely been toned down、mm-hmm. in, in in the last decade because it, it was really overpowering at one point. So they've got it really super dialed in. But there's a couple of other things we've got to talk about for the table, and one that I think makes it all the way through the meal from start to finish. It's one of the most perfect wines for Thanksgiving. You want to take a stab at it? By the way, are you inviting me just because you know I'll, I'll bring some good wine? Actually, talking about bringing coals to Newcastle, it's not required. Is not not required. Oh, I thought even that, though you have a hundred times more wine. I, than I can't、do. believe that I made the super six. Yeah, you、great. did. It's the sacred six now. Yeah, and just、uh, getting serious for a moment. You know, I lost my mom a couple of months ago, and it'll be the first Thanksgiving that the family has without mom. So I'm kind of thinking that's where I'm going to be. But I don't know what the family's planning on doing at this point in time because we're just kind of lost without her. So、uh, the thing that I was going to say that should absolutely be on the Thanksgiving table is bubbly. Oh yeah, bubbly, oh, yeah. and it can be a hint of sweet to the bubbly. I think it pairs with absolutely everything. You cannot go wrong. You're absolutely right. I, I think a nice dry Italian prosecco. Oh, just amazing. Oh, that's great. Anyway, we're gonna be back in just a second. We're talking about what goes on the Thanksgiving table, and I got an invitation to the Keist House, so that's pretty good. I might want to get my Keister over there. We'll be back with more grape encounters and Brent Keist, our announcer, winemaker, and everything scholar. When we return with grape encounters. As summer turns to fall, leaves and wardrobes aren't the only thing that change color. This is the time of year when wine preferences tend to darken up. Cold, crisp whites are already making way for fall favorites like Pinot Noir and luscious California Zin. Tropically tinted New Zealand Sauvignon Blancs won't migrate south just yet, and rosés will also remain resilient well into turkey time. But folks like me, who've enjoyed lighter fare in the backyard all summer, will venture out and take a cab almost everywhere we go. Now, there's no doubt about this fall phenomenon. It's a time when wine enthusiasts get more adventurous and try things outside of their comfort zone. And if your comfort zone could use a little reimagination, let the experts at Total Wine and More show you just how much adventure there is to discover among their inventory of 8,000 or more wines in every store. You can still enjoy their legendary customer experience in store, or make an evening of exploring the world of wine from the comfort of your cozy couch. Load up your shopping cart, stop by the store, and Total Wine will rush your order to curbside. Once you immerse yourself into an online Total Wine discovery mission, you'll quickly fall in love with the incomparable wines you can access so easily and affordably. See what I mean at TotalWine.com. If you're a frequent Grape Encounters radio listener, you know that our show is all about inclusiveness. For far too long, wine consumers have felt left out simply because a small minority of, well, let's call them out, wine snobs have dominated the conversation. 
For 12 years, it's been my mission to give you, the wine enthusiasts that just want to have fun, a front row seat to everything that's cool about wine. And while we have a very intimate thing going on here, I've been thinking that we can take things where no radio or TV program has gone before. And so beginning next week, I'm inviting you and your friends to get together with me for a private online party. This isn't a big streaming free-for-all event. It's you, me, and your guests. You decide what you want to talk about, we'll set a time, then it's party time. So email me using the contact form at GrapeEncounters.com. Tell me a little bit about how we can make this fun for you, and I'll respond to as many requests as I can. Just drop me a note at GrapeEncounters.com. Even though I spend almost every waking hour trying to track down all things wine, Total Wine and More is impossible to keep up with. That's because they have a team of experts constantly searching every corner of the world for amazing wines priced so you can enjoy them on any occasion, like tomorrow. They're always busy forging relationships with the best producers so that they're able to provide exceptional wines that are exciting and new to you at incredible savings. And of course, your faves will be there too. New discoveries, must-have favorites, and more than 8,000 choices to explore online with your handy device while you soak up some shade. Visit Total Wine and More in person, or if you prefer a contactless experience, order online at TotalWine.com and pick up your order in the store or curbside. And for awesome summer wines, all under $20 and many under $10, be sure to check out their summer wines list at TotalWine.com. I think it's the thing that I most look forward to in the entire year is sitting down to the Thanksgiving table. But now we can only have six people there, according to Brent Keast, our announcer. But you know these things. Come on, man. That's not right. <laughs> well, I didn't make the rule. Can you, can you have like six people at the kids' table and then six people at the adults' table and then six people at the... Um, completely senile I'm aunts, at, uncles, and grandpa table. I'm at that table. Actually, you, you know, yeah. you've been saying that a lot lately. Yeah. I, I don't know why. you got to stop that. Yeah, you're, I know. you're a young man. I know. Yeah, you just, uh, I think uh, all of this has just wiped you out. I think it has, yes. But you've got a big ranch, dude, so you could just retreat to the ranch. I think you should yeah. be growing a lot of facial hair. I, I was thinking of dyeing my hair bright blue. Okay. Anyway, no, don't do that. But I, but I could see you walking around with a really cool walking stick, like out of one of the Lord of the Rings well, episodes. Or actually, something like that. I was thinking of having people call me your lordship. Okay, we'll skip that, your lordship. So uh, Thanksgiving, the one wine that is not my favorite, but I think most people will say it belongs on the Thanksgiving table is Pinot Noir. And um, there are all kinds of styles of Pinot, but I like them a little bit more fruit forward. I don't like that thing that they call funk. That's why I am so down on Pinot, those funky Pinots. That, by the way, was a disco hit back in the 70s. (laughs) Do the funky Pinot. That's right. And funk is a real term in the wine world, and it's kind of that rotting leaves on the forest floor. Um, I don't like fungus. But but going back to the Pinot, where I recommend that you get your Pinots is the Russian River 
up in California. Yes. Just so amazing, the Pinots there. In California also, I love the the Pinots from the Santa Lucia Highlands. I've just become very fond of the Pinots that come from that area. And then the last one is any place in Oregon. Uh, and they're, they can be pricey, by the way. Yeah, and Oregon is sort of known for that, aren't uh, they? Oh, yeah, it's their thing. Yeah. They just decided we're going to be good at one thing, really good, and Pinot was it. But now they have shifted a lot of their attention to another wine, and it's white. You want to take a stab? Chardonnay? Absolutely. Ah. Yeah, because where there's good Pinot, there's good Chardonnay. And I'll tell you that... I have tasted some Chardonnays that will bring tears to your eyes from Oregon. I really mean this sincerely. Look for those Oregon Chardonnays. But like I said, where good Pinot grows, I would even say great Chardonnay grows. Now, just tell me your opinion, though. What what makes a great Chardonnay? What flavors should should I be tasting? Oh, I, you know what? It's a good question because it used to be that – Chardonnays were very heavy on the oak, mm-hmm. and then that malolactic fermentation, which gives it that buttery thing uh-huh. going on. And, and people will literally ask for buttery, oaky Chardonnay, but it got really out of hand for a while. So it was so oaky, it was like biting into a tree. Yeah. And a lot of people just left Chardonnay. They went to places like Sauvignon Blanc or Pinot Blanc, you know, just but other white wines. Then the Chardonnay makers said, well, oh my gosh, we got to save this because Chardonnay, the second most popular wine basically in America. So what did they do? They started making the Chardonnays with no oak and just aging them in stainless steel barrels and not doing that secondary fermentation. And you got this really clean, crisp wine that really, in a lot of ways, doesn't even resemble those other Chardonnays. How do you like them? I like them buttery. I don't like them oaky, though. Okay. There's a a French uh, Chardonnay that I'm crazy about is Chasson Montrachet. And oh, yeah. oh boy, uh, I love yeah. that. Yeah, absolutely. So the the next thing that happened in the evolution of Chardonnays is that people said, oh, wait a second, one was too oaky, too buttery. This one is just too on natural. Well, can't we get something in the middle? And that's where the industry, I think, is now. So it's sort of uh, lightly buttered. And um, a kiss of oak. And so it's like the three bears, really. There are three Chardonnays out there. There is um, the stripped-down Chardonnay. There's the perfectly balanced, moderate Chardonnay. Mm -hmm. And then there's the wild and crazy, buttery, oaky Chardonnay that makes no apologies for itself. All right, Brent, guess what? Party's over. All right, I got to find out whether I will be available to come to Thanksgiving, but I will tell you that your wife is one of the craziest good cooks I've I've ever seen. And she's so much fun. She's mm-hmm. just fun. You've got such a, a winner and a wife. Really, oh. She's a beautiful, amazing person. But I want to go if I can, but got to put my family first, of course. Guys, it's going to be a weird Thanksgiving for most of us. It's going to be strange. Mm-hmm. And that being said, start having fun right now with wine. You know, buy a bottle, sample it. And when you go into, for instance, your total wine store, they're going to be able to point you in whatever direction that you want to go. So just uh, try a lot of different stuff and then surprise the family. 
but make it a big wine holiday. Yeah, I think Thanksgiving's a time to celebrate and to um, get together with family. And, and you make a really super good point. We've been through so much. However you do this, even if you have relatives doing Thanksgiving in the car lined up down the street and you have to serve them, you know, you know, on roller skates. On roller – I like that. Exactly. On yeah. roller skates. Uh, be thankful. We're alive. And uh, it's been a really tough time and I just – I hope that we all heal. Because it's just been um, a roller coaster that I never would have imagined two years ago. So what did you say to me at the beginning of the day? You said it is what it is. It is what it is. Yes. Okay, It is what it is. But there's still a lot of great wine out there. So thanks, Brent. I appreciate you being on today. Great being here. Okay. We're going to wrap it up now. Have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your week and start preparing for Thanksgiving, my favorite holiday. And uh, you can even mail me some of your turkey if you like. We will be back here next week at this very same time. This edition of Grape Encounters has been brought to you by Total Wine & More. When Total Wine & More challenged themselves to keep more than 8,000 wines on hand, they pioneered a consumer experience that 99.999% of the population would have thought was impossible. It was an undertaking that I still can't totally get my arms around today. But I've spent many hours of my personal time being that adult kid in a candy store, using my mouse to learn about their extremely affordable top 20 wines of the year, or learning eye-opening details about the iconic winemakers behind Total Wine's Legends of Wine collection. TotalWine.com is an online resource so rich with content, it's hard to imagine a more satisfying wine-related experience. Spend all the time you want at TotalWine.com or at your nearest store. Just make sure you're back here with me at this same time next week for another Grape Encounter. <laughs>